partigiano, portami via. Oh bella ciao, bella ciao, bella ciao, 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 partigiano, portami via. Welcome to Everyone Sucks Here. Everyone Sucks Here. I'm Jerome Charles. Uh, this is Brian Ganella. Hey. And we are two uh, cis dudes from Pittsburgh. Not from Pittsburgh. I'm from Virginia. I'm actually uh, from Texas. Oh. Oh. Don't is that how you classify don't yourself? Don't hold it against me. Yeah. <laughs> I was only a couple six, so it doesn't really count. Okay. So we're two outsiders living in the city of Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know we get baked enough and have enough deep conversations uh we're both in our 30s and so that qualifies us for a podcast it does it's our birthright technically this came out of uh us bunkering together in a shared studio space um getting real stoned and talking about the world as it was falling apart right in front of our very eyes yeah that was honestly very helpful this is uh it's june 21st right now 2020 and uh how long did we wait into the quarantine before we started having like little studio hangs oh man i mean we were doing it before when uh covid was just in china Mm -hmm. and then i came back uh from a trip to texas and was kind of like all right things are going to get weird now but Mm -hmm. we didn't we didn't officially lock ourselves down until march like Mm -hmm. march 12th i think something like that yeah and it's been uh, a wild ride ever since oh yeah right now pittsburgh is or pennsylvania i guess is in green and everywhere you go outside it's just like no masks people are just right back right back into it as if you know in america you just get to get bored with the pandemic yeah they're bored they're bored and that's what we're here to talk about the name of the podcast is everyone sucks here uh because frankly america is one of the most problematic countries in the entire world like that's news to anybody listening to this uh and you know we're just like we're just getting a little bit annoyed with like low class consciousness, low race consciousness, like all of this constant like bickering back and forth and infighting among varying groups right. and political bodies of this country. And so we just like talk shit on them basically for like two months straight and we're like, all right, let's put this down. Let's record this baby. Let's get this wisdom out to the people. I, en- I enjoyed the, the sort of idea of the podcast because uh, I'm, I'm a black gay man. Uh, I have my own life experiences. I've moved around. My dad was in the military, so I don't really have any sort of like one localized experience. You know, I've got tons of things going on in my life. So then uh, hearing all the political opinions of people around me and stuff, I still want to criticize them, but oftentimes I I just don't feel like I have the proper vocabulary. I don't have, I, I just don't have the words to do it, but I know that it just doesn't feel right something's a little off. So Brian is usually there. He's very well read. I mean, he's like, it's like boring how much time he spends like learning stuff. I'm the theory guy. He's the theory. I do all the book stuff. Right. (laughs) I watch the documentaries and uh, and educational YouTube channels. And my only unique qualifier, uh, because I'm a cis white guy, right? Uh, I'm a Marxist. So, you know, that's where I'm connecting the dots from, from that Marxist perspective. So, so like, I've heard Marxist a lot more come up over the last couple of years, whatever, and I've heard throughout my life, but what do you, what is, like, a very simple definition of what a Marxist is? Uh, all right, so I'm going to bite uh, a professor named Dr. Richard Wolff and just say Marxism, socialism is essentially uh, a school of uh, thought about organizing society developed from the philosophy of Karl Marx, and it can best be summarized as just... Uh, democratize the enterprise so collective ownership of the means of production and redistribution of wealth according to people's needs hmm yes those are you said a lot of stuff and it all seems very palatable uh simple terms everybody shares everybody shares yeah okay so i mean i know that we had a little bit of an agenda here and we're, we're gonna bounce around it's our first episode so you know bear with us we um, don't have the format down. we don't have the format down but i did have a conversation with somebody recently um, for the most part, I'm pretty I'm pretty comfortably in a bubble bubble socially, where I'm not really around anybody that I have to sort of answer such questions for. Um, and I'm, I'm saying this because I'm having a conversation with this uh, let's call him Hank Hill type, you know. Ah. And uh, you know, actually, it's funny that I say that because he mentioned that he liked Hank, uh, King of the Hill, and um, you know, he talked about he likes that they make fun of like fancy white people in there. I was just like, oh shit, King of the Hill's little fucking got some socialist vibes to it. And then that sort of like sent him off on a, a, not really on a tangent, but very much just like, you know, this guy's got no 
room huh. for the idea of socialism in his life. Clearly it's, not, because I would not. I would never categorize. Oh, it's a socialist show. It's a it's a critical show for sure. And believe me, in the future we can probably do a deep dive episode of King of the Hill that I would love, but everybody would hate. But yeah, no. Uh, so who is this country bumpkin <laughs> that you're that you're talking to? Uh, Does he have a snake? He has a snake, oh, yes. No. <laughs> you know, so this is this is me at my worst podcast listeners. Uh, we're in the middle of like a black rights movement and all this stuff and the person I'm talking to on Tinder is like a closeted mayor no, closeted by father um who you know uh we get along a lot of stuff this is gonna be solid five minutes of bleeping right here <laughs> <laughs> uh whatever I, I I am attracted to fuck boys I can't help that. and this dude is basically a fuck boy but I, I don't know sometimes you feel like if if you have a conversation with somebody in the right tone, you can get to them. Yeah, I mean that's uh, you know as a socialist, that's like one of the principal duties uh, of the job, right? Is to engage in dialectics with people to try to connect these uh, dots for all of these oppressive institutions, mm -hmm. which you know following following Marx's thought all connects back to uh, capitalism, sort of like the umbrella holding all these different problems together. Okay. Um, well, some of like the basic things that this guy was 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 you know arguing against. Is uh, you know, he talked about who's gonna pay for healthcare in in the country. Uh, what if I wanted a ten bedroom house in Malibu and I'm, I was willing to pay for it? Uh, you know, the world isn't set up technologically for socialism. Scott. You know, and all this kind of stuff. Wrong. I'm, I'm hearing all this stuff, and I'm like, I'm I'm trying not to combat this dude because I generally just don't have like the the, the right facts to back up that kind of stuff so that's hopefully what this podcast becomes it becomes me taking simple questions and and arguments uh and learning how to distill those down into like a so i can have like a calm conversation with this about somebody yeah. so trust, I'm, I'm here to give the smarty pants answer that everybody can write down on their hand and then just read off in the comments so right. that sound you know that's smarty pants. so like address that uh yeah. even just on a small level who's going to pay for this free health care in this socialist world Bro, it's like he, the man is talking like GoFundMe doesn't exist, right? Mm. So like we've already seen that kind of lifeboat socialism emerge in this country already. Mm. Uh, people get injured, they don't have health insurance, so they reach out to the public to fund it. So like this is a, a, a question as easy as where do our taxes go? Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, so you're saying that essentially, <laughs> I'm just trying to like jump around, uh, we would our taxes would end up paying for it? Why not? I mean, that's how a, a state is supposed to be organized, right? They collect a little bit of money from everybody who agrees to participate in mm -hmm. the state, mm -hmm. and then they're supposed to use that money for the good of the nation state. Uh, it just so happens in this country, we spend most of that shit on the military uh, and, a, and a defense budget, including the police, uh, to just like keep a line on the status quo, which is global capital. Uh, so like, how does, how does Canada do it? Canada? Uh, just like us, but in like a different, you know, less degrees. Like if the United States is like turned up to 11, mm. like we'll say Canada's rocking at like a steady like seven or eight. But truth of the matter is any any country that you look at that is using an, a capitalist economic model or like a, a neoliberal democracy and framework for ruling the, bo the body politics. So I'm going to, so this is going to happen a lot in this podcast. Oh, shit, yeah. Ryan will go off and start using like... 10 words in a row that I'm just like, I have to break down the neoliberalism and I have to break down this and I have to break down that. So I'm going to stop him and say, you're doing a lot. Damn, uh, damn. <laughs> right, yeah, we'll like pause and cut back in with like a explainer, I guess. <laughs> Maybe like include some vocab words in the notes for the show. Nice to have like a <laughs> ding. Yeah, like a yeah, yeah. Just a, a little bell mm -hmm. and then like some fancy definition just to associate it with. Sure. But I'll, I can also try to keep it in... Uh, simple terms, right? So basically, like, capitalism requires oppression to function, right? Nice. I can understand that. Everybody gets that. Everybody recognizes that we live in a class society, right? There is a ruling class, which mm -hmm. you can categorize as just, like, heads of state, you know, the top ten captains of industry, like, tech guys, like, whatever, mm -hmm. right? And then there are a, a class of workers beneath them mm -hmm. that turn the wheels of the machine, produce all the goods that get sold, and then, in turn, also consume those goods. Mm -hmm. So, like, the entire machine is really facilitated by us, and then this class above us just takes the majority of the wealth that we create, right? Okay, yeah. And it's, it used to be at a point 
in, especially in the United States, where we would tax a fair portion of that wealth. Mm -hmm. And that wealth was used to do cool things like, I don't know, like build the interstate system uh, and like, you know, provide cheap public education up to the university level, uh, as well as pay for all our big fancy shiny guns. Okay. Um, but as American history went on, we stopped providing services through the government sort of made that the responsibility of like private companies and stuff. Ooh. And now uh, we just spend the majority of our tax money, which they get from taxing people like me and you and yeah. not people like Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates, right. uh, to again, pay for guns, pay for prisons, uh, let schools decline, you know, like it's just priorities in this country are all fucked up. Okay, so another one of these uh, offenses he laid against me is uh, that Capitalism creates a possibility for upward growth, you know, hard as you work. Obviously, you get to move up out of the hood and, and, and to do all the things that you want to do in life. Right. Um, does social climbing exist in socialism? I mean, like, not in the sense of, like, acquiring more wealth like mm. uh, they do in America, right? And then, like, let's first of all, let's talk about this, like, idea that people are just you know, pulling them up by their pulling themselves up by their bootstraps, right? Mm -hmm. And working their way from like obscene poverty to obscene wealth. Right. Rarely is that gonna happen. Like when you're looking at most concentrations of wealth, it's generational. And that mm -hmm. goes back all the way through, you know, the the history of white supremacy in this country too. Mm -hmm. Which is why the amount of wealth is so disproportionately concentrated in the hands of white people in America. Yeah, I, I did say to this guy after he said that I was just like, All right, well tell me how many people from your neighborhood are like millionaires now. Like who, you know, just did the right thing the whole time and now they are and he says well they're not millionaires but they're doing pretty all right for themselves but like essentially couldn't we all be doing all right yeah like, that's what the goal more is. importantly we'd probably all be doing all right without having to work like 60 to 90 hours a week to pay mm. the bills like we could all probably be doing all right uh without you know having to worry about going into bankruptcy if we have a serious health crisis befall one of us or like our family members or anything like that yeah like we could probably be doing all right uh, in a lot you know in a lot better sense considering how much money exists in the world right it's, now it's insane yeah. um you know i gosh i shouldn't have even like gotten on to economics with him or whatever but we did sort of talk about it. i was just like i don't know how much money did they use to bail out uh you know wall street just a little bit ago and he starts talking about oh this is well that's gonna flood the market and you know how are we gonna find money uh once that happens when there's no money and blah 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 and all this kind of stuff so like yeah, I mean, Steve Mnuchin, who's the Treasury Secretary under Donald Trump, literally just pumped, like, what, $1.5 trillion into the economy? And, mm -hmm. it, like, it was just gone. Like, that. That's it. Like, that. Just, you know? it, it, was, it was gone as soon as it was created. And all it was done, all it was done for was just to sustain the stock market, which, like, let's just be real, is essentially just a fucking fun boy casino for billionaires, right? I don't own stocks in anything. Do you own stocks in anything? Right, right. Do you know anybody that owns stocks in anything? More or less, do you know anybody that owns stocks be able, like, beyond, like, a couple penny stocks on a cell phone app? Mm -hmm. When maybe, maybe if they have a good week, they'll make a hundred bucks, thousand right. bucks tops. Yeah, you can't, you can't just be a person and decide tomorrow that you're going to play the stock market and, and, and be good at it or anything. Yeah, and and seriously, like, if you don't have uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars to dump into it, like, you're looking at pennies on the dollar in returns. Like, uh -huh. so it's a joke that anybody, any Joe Schmo American can get rich off the stock market. So, so okay, in, in just the world that I'm, I'm just trying to, like, imagine how things work, what if that trillion dollars that they made or that they took, they did say, okay, we're taking this and using it for healthcare. Would we still... You, you sort of predicted that we are going to feel the financial uh, ramifications of that happening. Um, but if that was, say, let's say switched over to something like mm -hmm. healthcare, would we still feel it and would we care that we felt it? If they could provide universal healthcare, like a single payer system where you, like, you can just walk into a doctor and get treated and like the cost of it is taken from your taxes every year, mm -hmm. like that's the way you use your system to navigate. And mm -hmm. like, nearly every other industrialized society in the world has a system that's somewhat modeled around that some are better than others but like ours is by far the worst okay so considering the world he did he talked he brought up he said look at chile venezuela north korea russia cuba they're all a mess i don't i don't know anything about the world sorry listeners if, yeah if the but, listeners could see my face right now they would notice my eyebrow would have shot up right you know to so this dude is basically hitting every single note on the anti-communist bingo okay first, I, that's what it feels you know like, what i mean and like one chile not communist all right okay. uh not even socialist mm. and, and that's largely thanks to us because of coup that we sponsored in the 70s mm. uh 
Russia, also no longer socialist. The Soviet Union, RIP, collapsed in 1991. All right, so they've been a neoliberal capitalist fucking hellhole, essentially run by the mafia, run by, you know, headed by Vladimir Putin uh -huh. for like the last 12 years. Uh -huh. So also not a great example. What are those other ones? Venezuela? Uh -huh. Hmm, I don't know. What big country only maybe like 400, 500 miles to the north of Venezuela has been constantly fucking with Venezuela for like the last 20 years? I mean, and they're still doing pretty that. all right. I mean, how do you answer that question? Because I honestly don't know. Oh, it's the United States. Oh, yeah, it's us. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's us. Uh, same with Cuba. We've been like surrounding them for like the past 60 years, 70 years, and just saying like no one else in the world can trade with them. They can't get stuff from anybody that is, you know, also trading with the United States. And still, Cuba is doing pretty all right. When you look at Cuba, healthcare system they have uh, the highest amount of doctors per capita that means like for every person in Cuba there's like seven or eight doctors for them, right they have the lower infant mortality rates in the United States lower obesity rates in the United States they are working on uh, vaccines that can treat lung cancer and while America was ripping and robbing all over the all over the world during the pandemic Cuba was sending like special elite tax forces of doctors to COVID stricken countries like Italy my fucking ancestral homeland <laughs> you know? if, if anybody were to actually and um, this isn't like I'm, I don't know I'm not looking for a cheap way to criticize these countries, but if somebody were to lay an accurate, like fair criticism against any of these quote unquote socialist countries, what could it be? I mean, no criticism really that couldn't be also levied against the United States, okay. right? I mean, yes, they're prisons, right? Yes, people go to jail in these countries, perhaps sometimes unfairly. Mm -hmm. But again, like, Let's look at the fucking statistics here, right? The prison population in the world, the one, the country that has the biggest prison population in the entire world, right? United States, right? Like, uh, only like something like I'm gonna get this stat wrong. Uh, four percent of the total global population, right, is the United States, mm -hmm. um, and then twenty five percent of the world's prison population. Jeez. Yeah. 25% of all prisoners on earth are in the United States prison system. So like when you hear the United States, you know, point fingers at countries like China, Cuba, uh, Vietnam, you know, for being like socialist and quote unquote authoritarian, mm -hmm. authoritarian applies, you know, to what the United States does on a regular basis, right? Sure. So any, you could, you could look at any country that has like, um, jails, guards, cops, right? And call it authoritarian. But mm -hmm. then you have to look at what those, those institutions are serving and the larger end. Okay. Okay. Um, so another one of these uh, things that he was talking about is that uh, socialism encourages mediocrity. Uh, it makes people feel like they, they should never strive to be anything because you're just going to get these handouts and you can just like sit around and just do nothing apparently is what um, saying. You know what else encourages mediocrity? When you fucking hate your job <laughs> and mm. you never want to go in and mm. you hate working for the asshole that you work for. At least in, in like socialist countries, one, you can like collectively decide with your coworkers like how much you want to work that week. You know, like uh, your your uh, life, your livelihood, like your survival is not determined on, on working some job that you hate yeah. and you can, you know, go apply for better things. Maybe you can go to the uh, you know universal education that some of these social, socialist countries provided mm -hmm. and get yourself the knowledge and training for a better job. You know what I mean? This guy, you know, we were we were just talking about life and uh, you know, he mentioned that he's he, he's doing all right in life, whatever, but he's what he'd really rather be doing is like living in Alaska, working on like a fishing boat or something like that. And I was just like, well, under socialism doesn't sound like you could just do that and yep. then your needs would be taken care of right so if he if he if we were in a uh, a full a more developed socialist society right there are possibilities of like the right to housing and like the right to uh health and stuff like that both of which are huge cost of living bills mm -hmm. that if they're taken care of by the government i mean just do the math that's less hours a week that you have to work to you know live your life mm -hmm. so that's more hours of leisure time you have to pursue the things that make you happy I don't know. I, why, why does it seem like people who oppose socialism, things like that, are, they, they can't even fathom what it looks like to just exist? Brainwashing. Ah, shit. Okay. <laughs> We've had, like, you know, since the end of World War II, uh, and, and uh, you know, I'm going to say names that even, you know, dummies, nah, no, me, no, offense. That no offense, might even recognize, like, there's something in this country called McCarthyism, right? There's this asshole saying Andrew McCarthy, wouldn't he? No, no, Joseph. Well, Joseph. 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 We'll edit that out. He, got, he said Joseph. They say Joseph McCarthy. <laughs> no, no, no. We, no, we, 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 we encourage me. Yeah, we encourage him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? we're, we're, 
we're here to learn together. So yeah, Joseph McCarthy was this senator in the 50s who made his entire political career off basically just accusing people of being communist. And mm. all of the crazy, you know, like fear-mongering that you see on Fox News these days against, you know, uh, Muslims, <laughs> Antifa, mm -hmm. uh, like black, quote-unquote, thugs in the street. All that same rhetoric was used and has been used for like the last like you know 50 years against socialists and communists Jeez. yeah yeah uh, you're you're absolutely you're right about that uh i remember being in eighth grade and we were just going through i don't know u.s government or just whatever world stuff and uh the the idea of communism was first introduced to me there and everything in my brain was just like this feels right this sounds right why why wouldn't we be doing something like this i wouldn't have even known to like ask against it back then but it, it made so much sense to my brain back then but it, it also feels like putting something dirty on my tongue like yeah. with the way that everybody's made communism feel communism feels like if, if you are into the idea of it then you must be a evil um i don't know it really feels demonizing everybody thinks that once the communists take charge, they're going to, like, take everybody's stuff. Yeah, what is that about? Uh, it, I mean, simple answer is just, you know, they're dumb. <laughs> like, uh, communists have no interest in acquiring anyone's personal property. Like, there's a big fucking difference between personal property and uh, private property in terms of, like, the means of production. Mm -hmm. Like, an oil rig is someone's private property, right? Okay. But an oil rig uh, is responsible for producing one of the most essential, like, fucking... Uh, products of modern society right mm -hmm. gasoline oil uh refined oil for like plastics and medicines and all that kind of stuff like that but all the wealth that that one oil rig generates is you know collected by one ceo and an executive board underneath them, right and for the and for somebody who says well that ceo's worked his way up and like you know, that's why he gets to do that <laughs> yeah right if anyone wants to really make the case that some ceo like sitting in an office or like parasailing off a yacht in the caribbean is working harder than the guys who are actually like, operating the oil rig out at sea i mean i don't know what to say to those people really other than just like wrong <laughs> like, sure. it's, it should be obvious to everybody that has brain and eyes yeah there is somebody's always going to be getting shit on at some point yeah uh, in the process and that's a, a function of capitalism right is to shit on people uh, okay so like so let's let's talk now basically about uh the social unrest 24 days straight i think sure, now absolutely. in the united states sparking with uh the murder of george floyd mm -hmm. right so like what what the fuck what the fuck can we even say about that that hasn't already been said? Like, anybody that is, like, had a lived experience with police, like, knows that something is fundamentally wrong mm -hmm. uh, with the way they operate in this country. Uh, the question is now, like, why and what can we do about it? You, well, you say everyone knows, but All right, clearly take not. that back. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot, maybe about 20% of the country that really does not know. Uh, but... I think, and, I, and I've been testing this theory out, I think everybody has a sort of like subconscious understanding of it. I will, I'm willing to wager that no one feels good when a cop shows up in your rearview mirror. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just started driving uh, about maybe a month ago. I've had my license forever, just didn't have a car for a little bit, and now, you know, it's right back. It's right back. It's it's that whole fucking adage of like, oh, is there a cop coming? I might start fiddling with the radio because yep. like, what else could I be doing yep. that's consumed as like innocent and stuff like that? You know? Yep. It's, what a shitty feeling. Yep. So let's. I mean, what happened to George Floyd was no less than a public execution, right? Yep. So like, let's a compare personal. Uh, yeah, a personal public execution. Yeah. Some of that shit might come out in the woodwork as they investigate that stuff more. Right. But let's just compare that real quick right to the protests that have been going on in hong kong which is you know part of china and how long have they been happening side. nine months jesus yes and that actually more than nine months but it took nine months for uh the police in china to actually finally like cause the death of the protester okay they've what? yeah what? nine months of what? protesting and we're talking about people who are like burning down buildings, lighting other people on fire that just happen to disagree with them on the street, uh, like just basically ransacking the shops of anyone from mainland China who, who wasn't a native Hong Konger. And it still took the Chinese police 
nine months before something they did caused the death of a protester. Holy shit. Within 12 days of protesting in the United States since the murder of George Floyd, the police managed to kill 17 people. So there's a fundamental difference, right, in the function of these two bodies uh, mm -hmm. in, in socialist societies and capitalist societies. Mm -hmm. And the primary one, right, is that police in capitalist societies are agents of the ruling class. Sure. They do not want to see the proletariat unite. No, uh, that's a word. Uh, uh, working class people. Okay. <laughs> they don't want to see working class people unite under a common banner uh -huh. to, you know, basically fight against their minority rule of the majority of the wealth. So, okay, uh, we've got we've got 24 days of protesting uh, happening around the world, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, I myself have walked in three um, marches in Pittsburgh. Uh, the first one, I think I left. Uh, we left right before it really kicked off. This is the one at Target in East Liberty. Yeah. And uh, we we left as soon as it started dying down, and the cops started firing tear gas on yeah. the people who were just in the area about a half an hour before the supposed curfew that was in effect. Yeah. I mean, the cop that we've seen this all over, right? The cops just basically use a blanket law like the curfew uh, to just declare a assembly unlawful, mm -hmm. and then that opens up. The, the avenue for recourse, right? That like gives them permission to start shooting rubber bullets uh, and tear gas at us. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, we could talk right about the more extreme examples we've seen in other cities in New York and Philly and uh, Los Angeles where the police are like, you know, running over protesters or just like uh, arbitrarily, or Minneapolis too, like arbitrarily just like pepper spraying people out, out the windows of their cars as they drive by, like just really hostile, like malice driven shit, right? Uh, and and a lot of people I think are like seeing this stuff on social media and the news and mm. like you're right I guess like reacting to it for like the first time probably like sure. actually realizing this is a wide stem like systemic problem like when we say all cops are bastards like we mean it okay. right because like you don't have to be the cop that's pushing over an old man and cracking their fucking skull you can just be the cops that like tell the other cops to walk by that man as he bleeds out on the sidewalk Guilty right by association yeah I mean it's gang shit right yeah. they operate like a gang they have their territory that they protect, right? They have their big boss that gives them the orders. Uh, and then they anybody who just does what they don't like, right? And that's really what it comes down to is whatever they don't like, you can get fucked up for. Right, right. Yeah. So then a lot of uh, these these marches, at least this is the first time in my sort of life, I guess, since I've, uh, with, with these protests going on, that the call to defund the police has become like such a big call. And nobody's, maybe people have been speaking about that behind the scenes, but this is the first time it's really been like on the forefront of people's minds. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like I'm getting a little bit easier, or it's getting a little bit easier for me to, when people start going on about like, oh, what does that mean, defunding the police and all this kind of stuff. Just today, uh, there was a domestic uh, incident across the street from my house. Oh, shit. Uh, a woman, I, I was inside a house, I heard a woman's screams, and I come outside and then four of my neighbors all at the same time, we all poke our heads out, we hear the screaming again, one of our neighbors goes over and knocks on the door, and he's just like, he sees a woman on the ground, and uh, you know, he sees the gentleman that's inside, and he's just like, hey, step outside, and then we proceed to just like, you know, what, as much as we can do, mitigating the situation at the moment. The cops show up, uh, like maybe like 15 minutes later, uh, and I don't know, the response from the cops was, it just seemed like they were just reading off a laundry list of like things. Right. They, by and large, cops in the United States don't have training to deal with that kind of stuff, nor do they really have an impetus to like care. Right. Know? Right. And like, let's also mention that statistically speaking, forty percent of cops are also domestic abusers themselves. Right. It was. It was. It, honestly, this. I guess what I'm. What I'm trying to talk about right now in this moment or whatever is just that. Uh, it just was wild that there was not a single person there. If it wasn't for one of our neighbors who was consoling the person or whatever, she would have just been sitting on her couch, or sitting on the stoop sobbing while a bunch of us just stood around and were just like watching. Just right. because, you know, there's not a single, why can't there be at least one social worker or something riding around with cops at all times? Absolutely, and these are the questions that are being raised by all these protests, right? So like, we're, we're constantly reacting to uh, 
police violence against mostly like black and brown bodies in yeah. this country, right? Yeah. And there's a reason why the the police do that, and it it it, it, it follows a long historical tradition in the United States dating all the way back to slavery, mm. which at the end of the Civil War, like slavery really didn't go away. It just kind of like changed hands, right? The 13th Amendment makes slavery illegal unless you go to prison, right? Sure. So then the drive in this country uh, was to create a larger and larger prison body. And they largely succeeded in doing okay. that because we mentioned earlier in the episode, 25% of the world's prison population is in the United States. And that's where they get their free labor from. So like this is, again, this is what we're talking about like when we use Marx, Marxism as the intersection to understand all these varying fucking stratas of oppression in this country, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you understand that like the class that is lower than the working class. There needs to be a designated class that's lower than the working class so the, the ruling class can point to them sure. and go, if you don't stop asking for higher wages, if you don't stop asking for fucking better health care, mm -hmm. if you don't stop asking for fucking safety regulations on the job, right. we'll fire you and we'll replace, because look, we have this unemployed body right here and they're just waiting for jobs, man. So like, that's it. And that, that has to be kept in order, mm -hmm. in order for capitalism to function. Mm -hmm. And that is why we're seeing the police react the way they do, right? But the reason we're seeing people in America who you know historically have very short attention spans when it comes sure. to this kind of shit, the reason they're staying out there for 24 days in a row is because of COVID. Oof. Yeah. I, it, like 2020 has just been, you know, one shit storm after the next, after the next. Uh, COVID just really, it was instrumental in, I don't know, bodies being on the street. People yeah. Just being out there and having, uh, having the ability to even get their voices heard because like people aren't working. Right. Um, people are, some people are, some people still haven't even received unemployment. Yeah. From the real. beginning of this. For real. And they've just been unemployed. Uh, just hold on to the seat of their pants this whole fucking time. Yeah, and uh, so when when we talk, when Marx uh, Marx's theory talks about what they call historical materialism, right? They're they're saying that the material conditions, basically like your food, your shelter, your water, like your access to resources necessary to survive, are one of the largest driving forces for like social unrest and social change, mm -hmm. right? That it's not just like how good or bad an idea is. It's like the material conditions have to sort of like match up to that drive for change. Like people have to want something different, right? Okay, okay. And we want, we clearly fucking want something different in the United States right now, mm -hmm. right? And COVID is this like fucking crisis multiplier, right? Where the United States is normally good at like reacting to something bad that happens and then kind of like absorbing it and nullifying it. COVID makes that what, what, what's an example of something like that oh I mean let, let's just like this isn't the first time the cops have murdered like a black person right let's talk let's talk about Mike Brown Mike Brown uh, was murdered in Ferguson uh, by I don't forget that fucking pig's name but who cares um, and then we had uh, uh, Obama as president Eric Holder as the attorney general and uh, the national security advisor was also a black person and like the momentum was there mm -hmm. and then like re reform was offered but then nothing Came. like it was all meaningless kind of reform right and like one of the reasons why like protest energy from like occupy back in 2011 to like the standing rock protests uh in 2017 into the unrest in like baltimore over the murder of freddie gray and ferguson with mike brown like the reason those energies are like never truly truly sustained right and this is just my opinion right mm -hmm. and this is a, a possibility where the audience can definitely tell me that i suck here for, mm -hmm. for saying this but the reason is that Material conditions in the country for the average American individual have never been as bad as they are now. Right, right, right. Like everybody, for the most part, still had a house, air conditioning, Netflix, and an Xbox. You know, that's, an, that's more than enough to keep a person who's exhausted already from working 60, 70, 90 hours a week in extreme cases from going out and organizing for a better society, right? So a lot of that shit is kind of like almost by design when you look at it, and maybe that's another episode okay. uh, down the line. But like now, with coronavirus, you have rapid inflation on the price of goods. Like prices are just going up, ticking up as supply chains get like stressed and stretched thin, right? Mm -hmm. But then you also have people like one in four unemployment. You're dealing with like the highest unemployment rate in the United States. I did want to touch on the uh, supply chain stuff. Yeah, I've been, I have been going out shopping a lot more, and 
I'm just noticing the shelves are like fucking empty or whatever. Yeah. I'm just like, mo- most of the time, if I've gone to a place like Walmart, I've never seen an empty shelf unless they were changing displays. Yeah. So the fact that like stuff is, is weirdly scarce, it's very weird. Like, I don't know. I, I always used to be able to go out and just get whatever I wanted to. Now that things can't be, you know, uh, updated as much, that hours are cut everywhere, labor is cut everywhere because of COVID and things. Yeah. And, and like, I'm, I'm just looking around and being like, well, all of a sudden we were the land of plenty and now it's just like... Shows you how quick that shit can go away, right? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, the, like anybody who likes to eat meat has probably noticed that like the price of meat has gone up. Like, mm. And normally, like maybe we wouldn't notice that, like a 25 cent rise in like the pound, price per pound of like ground beef. Okay. Unless you're unemployed. Right, mm-hmm. unless you're living on a your, limited your, budget, your budget already, is very limited, and then yeah. now like your groceries cost maybe like two times or like one point five times as much. Like that shit adds up, especially if you don't have the money to pay rent, especially if you don't have the money to pay for your kids, mm-hmm. like especially if you don't have money to pay for utilities, and you're not getting any unemployment assistance or like now you got, com- yeah, now we got these run around, fucking, you know? uh, evictions on the way. And now, out. yeah, and now they're expecting us to literally like pay three months back pay on rent and when no some, one's been working when some of the people still haven't gotten paid at yeah. all and again guess who fucking enforces eviction law in this country oh, As if, yeah if you already thought it was going to be bad it's right. the cops mm. spoiler alert it's the fucking cops mm. so it, you know we're already pretty fucking pissed at them now I don't think it's going to get much better when footage of uh, police dragging people out of their fucking homes uh, and tossing them into the streets uh, it's gonna be like on the on the nightly news. Like Yo, whoa, whoa, on to the landlord that really fucking like follows through with this shit. And, and uh, what's what Mal would say in regards to our landlord buddies out there? Yeah, I mean, like you're just gonna see you're just gonna see uh increasing desperation from from the people on, the, on who are already on the lowest end of yeah. the socioeconomic pole, right? Yeah. And you're just gonna things are gonna get harder, like. And it's not, it, Rona ain't going away, baby. Sure, sure. It is, it is staying here. It is going, I mean, we're seeing spikes in like MAGA country now, right? Because they right. hadn't been listening. Oh, yeah. Trump just went to hold his rally Ooh, yesterday. Boy, his, six of his... of his staffers tested positive for Corona. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, fucking 4,000 new confirmed cases in Florida. They had to close the restaurants again. Shut up. Yeah. So, oh, you man. know, it's like, what the fuck? Uh, so yeah, we're in for a wet, hot American summer, baby. Jeez, and so you, you mentioned, uh, uh, or we were talking about before, um, before recording, how at least in Pittsburgh, you can you can see the Black Lives Matter movement dying down. Yeah. You can see less people coming out to protests and things like that. Yeah. Um, what what's it gonna take to get people to keep the fire going? You know. Uh, so I, you know, as a somewhat limited organizing organizing background in Pittsburgh since 2011, right? Uh, you know, we don't have the same sort of like leftist coalitions that like other larger cities have, right? What well, what does that look like? Uh, that means like we don't have like party groups that are like dedicated to building socialism and any kind of like large presence. We don't have a lot of big like anarchist collectors. I'm not saying that they don't exist. So all these people who belong to these things in Pittsburgh, sure, like. Don't get mad at me, but you know that the numbers aren't as big as they are in like Philly or Oakland or New York, right? So when you have that kind of stuff, like working in tandem with like, you know, Black Lives Matter, with like uh, uh, unions, you know, leading labor strikes against some of the conditions that COVID creates, like Mm -hmm. those kind of, those kind of like link ups are the things that keep this shit going, right? If you, on Juneteenth, like me and you were out marching in Wilkinsburg. Uh, and, um, you know, it was a great march. Like, they had, like, these altars that you helped build and, like, paint and all that kind of shit. And, like, there was a nice, like, there was a nice imagery to it, which is, like, really important on, like, like, an optic level for, like, protest movements and stuff like that. And then it ended with, like, a fucking barbecue, which is a perfect way to end Juneteenth March. Yeah. Uh, so, like, that's cool, right? While that was going on in Oakland, California, right, the longshore, uh, one of the longshoremen unions, dock workers, right, yeah. uh, was leading a coalition march with Black Lives Matter movement to shut down the port of Oakland. What like, was the person that led that? Is it a black guy? Just, just I, Yeah, actually, I'm pretty sure the, uh, I don't know his name, probably should look this up, but I know that the uh, Longshore Union in question is, is uh, has a lot of radical black members okay. in Oakland, California, mm-hmm. right? So we're looking at the port of Oakland, which is like fifth or sixth biggest port in the United States. They shut that shit down for like X amount of hours. 
And that's that's costing people money. Like so, they, so what? Okay, so you say they shut it down. Who are the they, and what do they do to shut it down? Dock workers. They are the guys that take all of those big cargo things that white people turn into apartments. Mm. They actually have goods in them mm. before they're turned into apartments. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those guys are the responsible ones for like taking that shit off and then putting it on trucks. Right. So those trucks then go to the stores where we buy it. Is Oh, interesting. I mean, I was just complaining about a scarcity at Walmart. I mean, but it's probably going to be even worse now. You, you know, I don't know what was getting unloaded that day. I didn't look at the fucking ship logs and shit, but you're probably right. It's uh-huh. probably going to get affected like somewhere in, somewhere down the economic chain. Right? Mm-hmm. And this is, so we've, we, uh, in person, we've talked about a lot of the, um, the idea of hitting uh, people in their pockets because that's yep. really where yep. it's going to affect them. Yep. So let's say what 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 could happen in Pittsburgh on that kind of a level? What what what, what uh we we also discussed like uh bus drivers stopping yeah. to drive buses and things like that. Like yeah. How could how could people do something like that in this area that would affect enough of a change? So uh, I think a lot of the organizers that are associated with One Hood Media put forth that like list of twelve demands for like mm. defunding and like stopping like uh, no knock warrants and mm-hmm. a lot of like real predatory like abusive fucking like police policies like immediately like point stop immediately yeah. and that's good that's a fucking great start right so like how we keep that pressure applied and like how we keep that momentum rolling is like well let's you know let's talk to the fucking bus drivers union right and like say go on strike unless like bill Pudu commits to defunding the police x amount of dollars mm. and reappropriating that money to public transit again Hell like yeah. let's get those fucking bus lines that he cut like oh. a couple years back, like let's get those back up and running. I moved to Pittsburgh in uh, the end of 2010, and my the person I lived with said, "Hey, look, you know, you can move to Pittsburgh, and I know that you don't have a vehicle, but just know that they are cutting bus lines." Yeah. It was 10 years ago they told me. He was like, "They're just cutting bus lines, you know, because it's you know sometimes there'll only be like one or two people standing there, so they just like cut the whole thing." Yep. Yep, and like let's let's you know let's get like uh, some Pittsburgh public schools back open, right? Like let's, wow, let's not have you mean the, the apartments. Yeah, like like we used to have like uh, a, a number of public schools within the city proper itself, and I think the majority of them, with the exception of maybe like what Taylor Alderdice in, in Squirrel Hill, has, mm. are, are closed down, right? Right, right. and like. You know, that's not because there's no people here. There's still plenty there's of people. There's still plenty of people here. They're busting them like 25, 20 minutes out of the city now. That's uh, insane. Just in our neighborhood alone, I, there's like a school that's been turned into yeah. an apartment. Yeah. Uh, up the street at Highland Park and yep. stuff like that, you know, just everywhere. Yeah. And like, so again, defund the police. Take some of that money and reinvest it into local education, right? Yeah. Defund the police. Take some of that money, invest it back into the libraries, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Fucking give it to the fucking zoo. Like mm-hmm. anybody, anybody that can offer some sort of like educational social service that benefits people on the material level, sure. right? So I was uh, I was at uh, a march yesterday, and there's a group in Pittsburgh called Mad Dads, and basically yeah. it's these uh, these <coughs> I'm sorry, mostly black dads that are mm-hmm. they all wear like green vests and things. And I used to work downtown, so I would get. I would be walking around downtown when school gets out and you see just droves of teenagers running around. And it sucks because when I was living in the suburbs and stuff like that, you know, uh, you're not directly in the middle of the city. You're not, your your playground isn't where adults are doing business and shit like that. But yeah. you're still able to be a teenager. So these teenagers are just being themselves, you know, this, this they just got out of school and you're all hyped up and stuff. And you always see, my God, like 50% increase of, of cops downtown yeah. when kids get out of school and these are mostly black kids you yeah. know just a couple of white kids and stuff like that so the mad dads essentially are there to be a buffer between the kids and the cops Fucking to great. step in before and break up fights to to try and advocate to these people um romir tally uh one of the gentlemen was speaking yesterday when romir was 13 he would see these mad dads out and so by the time that he was 19 he wanted to become one because mm-hmm. he wanted to he wanted to like assist and be there to you know intervene on behalf of like just people who are just I don't know you right. know and like what you just described right the mad dads like that is a form of socialist organizing mm-hmm. you understand like these are guys from the community it's the it's it's better than people uh, wearing machine guns just to get haircuts yeah yeah absolutely like these guys these are guys from the from the community who recognize that there's like you know, uh, 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 an at 
atmosphere, right? Mm-hmm. In downtown, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. because of the nature of a bunch of like kids who were just bored the fuck out of their skulls for like eight hours yeah. are now out and about living life, right. right? So like, I mean, I was a fucking kid. Everybody who's a kid mm-hmm. has done dumb shit, right? Mm-hmm. We all know that that's a thing. Uh, so like these guys recognize that like direct interaction between these teens and the cops was usually going bad. So they they step in to be buffers. That is a like that is society meeting the needs of society on mm-hmm. its own incentive mm-hmm. without any kind of profit motivation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's socialist organizing, and like just the mere fact that the Mad Dads exist, yeah, like proves to your 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 Hank Hill buddy mm-hmm. uh, that. You know, socialist organizing can't happen like just because it's the right thing to do. Hey, just I mean, just yesterday at the protest, uh, they they asked us to split up into groups of four, and um, basically people who lived in the same neighborhoods, they wanted us to like exchange numbers and get to know the people Hell and yeah. stuff like that, so they could. And so I have traditionally all my life just been like, look, I don't want to fucking talk to anybody. I just want to go in the house and go home and just like whatever. But after witnessing that thing today with the domestic incident. I now am going to go and organize and like, I don't know, draft a Google Doc or something so that all of my direct neighbors and I can all be in communication. Hell yeah. And, and that's, it sucks that I've been living in this neighborhood for six years. I mean, people come and go all the time, but I've been the constant here and yep. I could have been this whole time, yep. you know, extending myself to people or whatever. And like, it doesn't mean that I want to have fucking barbecues with people and so like, I don't, yeah. but <laughs> if you, you know, if something's popping off and you need me to show up or whatever, like, I'd like to be able to do that. Right. And, know? and the, the but, more... but also, I mean, let me throw this thing in or whatever. It's important because all of my neighbors are white mm-hmm. and it's important that they all know what the fuck I look like so that at the middle of the night, if I'm walking down the street, you know, oh, they recognize that this is Jerome who's been here before I moved here and he's not a threat or anything because I'm still on the outside, even though I wear as much rainbow shit as I can, yeah. I'm still a black dude who is walking towards you in the middle of an alley at night. Yep. Yeah. And like that, again, that kind of like parallel community organization is the alternative when like people go like, oh, what are we going to do without cops? Well, what if everybody in the neighborhood is friendly with each other? Right. Yeah. How hard is it going to be to like rob one of them to like, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, not know if the difference between someone who's like, you know, having a bad day yeah, or yeah. someone who's like a lethal threat. Right. Mm-hmm. And like there was a, a writer named uh, Jeffrey Canada who used to write about this shit. And he, and he, he made that point very clear. Mm-hmm. Like if a cop is not from the neighborhood that they're policing. Yeah. Right. They're no, they're, they're an occupational force because they have no connection to the community. They yeah. don't walk the streets anymore. They just cruise around in oh, their yeah. fucking, in their fucking Jeeps. Texting. Whatever. Texting, doing whatever, doing whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. right? And they're just like completely removed from like the interactive level of the community. They don't know. Yeah. They don't know who's who, who lives where, like who's having a bad day, who works what job, like they don't care, right? right? So like that's the kind of difference. And like the fact that we could do that on a community level, right? With mm-hmm. just talking to our neighbors and stuff, mm-hmm. that means like we don't need someone with a gun. Like so, so during the whole thing, you know, there are people consoling my neighbor who who was just abused today. Yeah, and uh, my my typical position is always, you know, step back. If there are people there more in more trained or more involved or whatever, then like good, let them handle it and stuff like that. I I just felt sort of at a loss of in this moment, what can I offer to do for help? What I did end up saying though is basically. Um, <clears throat> This gentleman, uh, I guess they have a they have a history, and he came to the door, and then she let him in eventually, and then that's when things went bad. Yeah. And so, I did say I was just like, look, next time he comes to the house, don't open the door, just go upstairs to your top window and start fucking yelling for help because I will hear that shit. I'm always, I got all the windows open in my house, and I'm always in earshot and stuff like that, you know, because. Somebody did suggest that she calls the cops or whatever, but it took the cops, you know, 15 minutes to arrive after they were already there. If I can open my door with a fucking bat and, and, and like, call out to my neighbors or something like that or whatever, then that's going to, you know, whatever. I, I'm not in this moment saying that, like, I'm trying to go beat some dude up, but a little bit of community intervention before that happens could have been nice. If, yeah. I, if I were talking to this neighbor ahead of time, I could have possibly known that this dude was dangerous. Yeah. And and keep my eye out anytime he's in the neighborhood. So like this that story makes me think of that old like it's like an infamous story where they talk about the woman uh who was attacked and like raped in New York City mm-hmm. and then like 
after that they started to teach people to scream fire sure right sure, sure, so sure. people would actually come in and respond to that shit, yeah. which is like kind of like belying of the capitalist like mentality right so when it's a threat to property people come running but if it's a threat to someone's life they're not they're, get, they're almost they're encouraging you to not get involved right yeah so what if we reorganize society you know in a way where a community and like the the value of human life is front and center Right. So I like said that to this fucking hand killed dude. Yeah. Just like, what if isn't life supposed to be about like experiences and community and yeah. all that kind of stuff? That should take place over your ten bedroom mansion in Malibu. Yeah. Who needs, Who needs a ten it? bedroom house? What are you gonna sleep in a different one every night? Like you know how stupid that sounds? It sounds so asinine. It sounds yeah, it literally sounds like you're a crazy person. I always I always try to think and at least consider that there are people who haven't even experienced like lower middle class um wealth or, or or just economics in their life so even just the idea of a little bit would just be like look i just i just want a little bit of something and then that sort of like so that's sort of in my head it's just like okay well like maybe a little bit of capitalism is so bad because like, people want some stuff shouldn't they get some stuff but how do how do we give people stuff enough to just be like hey do you have enough stuff like are okay. we good here well again this is a more nuanced conversation but like there is a you know marxist theory it contends that like the capitalist engine was initially supposed to be utilized right to mm. create the amount of wealth necessary okay. to redistribute it to everybody so they have like they're basically set dang so cap we were literally oh, we're just... already there homie wow. we're well past done we have sure. more than enough wealth on the fucking planet Every that person... if we redistributed to everybody we'd be fucking good yeah families are already have like two and three uh tvs yeah tv in every room yeah. and think about like all that. those stupid little graphs you see where it's like if jeff bezos gave away only 18 totally. percent of his total wealth like we could yeah. have schools in every city in America. Like the reason those graphs exist mm -hmm. is because of this fucking like the system's ability to you know stack wealth in fucking one side and limited control of like a small class of individuals, right? Jeez. And like they don't want to give that shit up. No. I don't know why people think that they want to share and like do good stuff. You know what I mean? Like charity is a fucking joke. But they earned it though. They they earn this money and ha! they get to keep it. We're gonna that's next episode, damn mm -hmm. it. We're gonna talk about how these liars did not <laughs> earn fucking shit. I don't care what they invented in their garage yeah. uh, when they were a fucking like, you know, incel nerd out of Santa Barbara <laughs> College or some shit like that. Looking at you, Bill Gates. I know you made COVID in a lab, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Fuck you, Bill Gates. <laughs> Fuck you, Bill Gates. Man, what a prick. <laughs> we're gonna do a whole episode on how Bill Gates is a prick too because I'm tired of everybody liking him. It's fucking great. Yeah, fuck it. Uh, we're, we're gonna roast everybody before this is over. I mean, I think that's probably a good place for us to call it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, Kill, we're, yeah, we're, that's it. Declaration of intent, we're coming for all, everybody's faves. We're coming for you we're guys. We're just coming for you guys. Jeez. And we'll find other ways Yeah. after you guys are out of the picture. We'll find other ways we'll do to it. satisfy people. And we'll bring on smarter people than both of us to, oh. to, to expertly talk. Any, almost anybody that's yeah. going to come in here yeah. a little bit smaller. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get that alternative perspective. In here. Yeah. And That's just, great. And just gonna be the white guy talking the entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I am. I'm already, you know, preparing for people to just be like, "Why am I gonna listen to a white guy talking about my love?" It's because, the first episode, and and because my black ass is here too. We're learning. We're all here together, yeah. learning, reaching across the aisles. Hopefully, That's is that the a thing that we're supposed to say? Is that is that like? Nah, fuck that shit. Okay. Yeah. No, we're here to. We're here to. Fucking radicalize, smash the aisles down, and just like, <laughs> yeah. like now they're on the Yeah, we're we're here we're here to build socialism and and transition to cool world. Cool world, cool world. Can't wait till we get into cool world, you guys. It's been the easy way. It's been like the the kid kid proof way of yeah. get, getting me uh, radicalized, and yeah. I love it. It's 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 gonna be fun, and we're gonna take you there. We're gonna hold your hand the entire time, and just like show you the sights, point out all the pretty things. Yeah, and then hopefully at some point, everyone here won't suck, but as it stands now, everyone here sucks. Everyone, everyone sucks here. Yeah, everyone sucks everyone here. Sucks here. <laughs> all right, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. America, I just checked my follow and listen. You motherfuckers owe me. Get your money,